For 50,000 years, shaman have walked the earth. They have existed on every continent within every race. Holy men, medicine men, wise men, sorcerer, brujo, witch, druid, and healer. By many names they are known. Expanding their own ring of awareness, shamans have developed a deep connection to the earth and the world of spirit. Through this connection, shamans know with absolution that all things are alive and must be treated with great reverence. It is because of this reverence that the shaman is able to connect directly with nature and the world of spirit to learn great mysteries and tap into unimaginable power. Much knowledge has been lost, but much survives hidden within the fabric of time. It is through this show that I will share this cultural mix of shamanic knowledge with the hopes that it might illuminate your path on your own personal journey of discovery. This is The Shaman's Brew. Hello and welcome to The Shaman's Brew. In tonight's show, I had planned on sharing with you some of the magical passes of my Toltec lineage, but um, I'm going to save that for a, a future show, and in its place, I'm going to play for you a very rare and special interview with a very special lady who has now passed on. Her name is Rosalind McKnight, and she was one of the top explorers for uh, Robert Monroe at the Monroe Institute. This interview is conducted by Verato, and it was done, of course, before her death. Uh, I would have loved the opportunity to interview Rosalind, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. This uh, interview contains a lot of uh, information and a lot of insights about the world on the other side of the veil. My personal practice and research as a Toltec shaman and in many fields of the paranormal and spiritual development uh, have recently started shifting and I will go into the reasons for that uh, in another show but I'm taking on an entirely new direction. And I believe that this interview and some of the things that uh, Rosalind McKnight has done kind of mirrors the direction that I'm, I'm taking. So I won't say too much more on that, but you're going to see some changes in not only the Shaman's Brew, but in my own personal research. So with that... Uh, Let's get into the interview with Rosalind McKnight from the Monroe Institute, being interviewed by Verato. This is Verato Live, a journey into a new paradigm with World Mystic magazine publisher and shapeshifter, Verato. Welcome back, my friends. Welcome back. <clears throat> Verato, that's my name. Bronchial infection is my game. So if my voice sounds a little funny, I'm not crying and I'm not sad, although maybe I am. <clears throat> maybe that's why it's here. I don't know. You know, explorers are known for the journeys that they take. My guest today, Rosalind McKnight, explored the vast non-physical dimensions of consciousness with famed out-of-body researcher Robert Monroe. She helped to further the understanding of human consciousness and to demonstrate beyond doubt that we are more than our physical bodies. McKnight has always had an inquisitive mind and an extraordinary nature. She graduated from Manchester College in Indiana, majoring in peace studies and sociology. However, feeling a need for further education, she attended the Union Theological Seminary in New York, I should say the prestigious Union Theological Seminary, where she earned her Master's of Divinity degree. Soon after, she met Robert Monroe 
and that led to a new dimension of exploration for Rosalind McKnight. Robert Monroe, founder of the Monroe Institute, was doing exploration and research into practical methods of accelerated learning through expanded forms of consciousness. One of the results of his work was a method and technique for inducing relaxation and sleep. The technique employs a system of audio pulses that create a frequency following response in the human brain. This technique made it possible for the average person to maintain specific stages of sleep for any depth and duration, as well as to experience out-of-body situations and to go into other realms of existence. McKnight became one of Mr. Monroe's explorers. <clears throat> She's going to talk more about that today. And worked with him for the next 11 years, from 1972 to 1983, doing extensive research in his laboratory. Her initial book, Cosmic Journeys, is the result of that research. During the time Rosin was working with Mr. Monroe, she also taught courses in extrasensory perception, parapsychology, and death and dying. She also founded the Creative Living Institute and became its director, sponsoring conferences and seminars throughout Virginia on various personal growth topics. Today, Rosie, as she likes to go by her name like that, shares her explorations of non-human energy systems, interactions with highly evolved beings, concepts about the makeup of the many levels of this universe, views of the afterlife and the animal dimensions, the nature of healing and guidance, a look at the future, and much more. Her latest book is entitled Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife. Good day, Rosalind McKnight, and welcome to Verado Live. Well, hello, Verato. It's okay if I call you Rosie, huh? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, you know, la last week I had on Maureen Caldhill. And oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot to tell you when I talked to you the other day that that was who it was, because I'm dealing with this bronchial thing and I'm telling people about it, <clears throat> and i got to stop it. I have nothing wrong with me. I have nothing wrong with me. I have nothing wrong with me. No, it is you don't. Oh, I love I it. I can't tell there's anything wrong with you. Well, you know, one of the things that we both seem to share... I told you this in the interview, and I'm looking at some questions that I got. And uh, you actually interviewed Robert Monroe yourself a few days before he took his final out-of-body journey on April 17, 1995. And, did, and it's amazing because I interviewed him before that date. Uh -huh. But by the time the magazine got published, it was within two or three days of him leaving himself. That was, so we both shared some quite memorable experience. Well, I want to jump right into it because people have to know, again, what this whole Monroe Institute thing is about. Uh, <clears throat> I'll just give a, 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 a real preface. Robert Monroe was very big in the broadcast industry. He was an engineering type like Alexander Graham Bell or people like that, pretty much self-taught. But he was a genius and a very, very prosperous man working in the technological field of broadcast. Now, I don't know whether that has anything to do with what happened, and I'll be very brief as I can because this is what you should be talking about, but since I had that experience, I want to tell people. <clears throat> One day when he was at home in his living room, all of a sudden, he was, I don't know, he was tired. He was lying down in a relaxing chair. The next thing he do, he found himself coming out of his body, getting up to the corner of the ceiling near the chandelier or whatever it was, someplace in Virginia, and he was looking down at himself. I'm not sure if he was sleeping or not. And that was the first step, and that's how it all began. But now let's talk about Rosie McKnight. All right, so you wrote these two books. The first book is kind of a chronicle of your experiences of going through the Hemisync program and the other programs and the other whole lifestyle of Robert Monroe. And then your latest book, which you put out a couple of years ago, deals with soul journeys. Who yeah. is Rosie McKnight? Now you got that. Is that a good question? Who is Rosie McKnight? Who is Rosie McKnight? Yeah. Well, Rosie McKnight is, um, <laughs> I have this body that's uh, starting to wane a little bit, but I have my soul and my spirit that is always flying and always uh, alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. <laughs> and at night I do a lot of travel into other dimensions, and I enjoy life. My key is joy. Mm -hmm. One of my guides gave me this. Uh, affirmation, I am light, manifested in love, expressed in joy, 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 saying that we come from the 
light dimension, uh, which is God's dimension. And then we manifest into this earth through love, and we express ourselves here through joy. And so that's what I I am. (laughs) You know, so many of the people that have been involved with the Monroe Institute have come with a scientific bent. Absolutely, yes. Uh, or political bent, like senators and congressmen and stuff like that. Part of it is because uh, Robert Monroe himself had somewhat of a disdain for the ooga-booga, new-agey, paranormal type. I mean, what he was involved in, of course, was paranormal, but it was coming from a scientific bent. Now, you, on the other hand, uh, had you know a social kind of mind to start off with, with your education, and then going to the Union Theological Institute, and coming, this is about God and religion. So you came from the spiritual model. So you came in sort of the back door, and and how I want to kind of know how were you taken by Bob being well, you know kind of a nooga booga woman? <laughs> well, actually, we were an incredible uh, balance because he was the left brain scientific type of person, and uh, I'm just sort of uh, la la whatever. I'm right brained and and I'd get in. Well, the first time I, I got into the lab. We David, who is my, who is now deceased, um, and I came down from New York, and uh, a friend said, "Oh, you must visit the McKnights," and she came to our house, and we went over to the lamb, oh, over to just for a dinner party. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we started asking Bob what he does, he never tells anyone. You can't explain this, you know <laughs> that what you do, you lay in this check unit, which means controlled holistic. Uh, environmental chamber. It's dark, and he puts these things on your fingers, and then starts. You you go into this hemisync state. So anyway, um, I went over and got into the check unit with a couple other people. I went to sleep the first time because it's really easy to go down into a state and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But he found out. He asked me to work for him, do some typing and everything. And so in the afternoon, he'd say, "Oh, let's." Uh, let's take a break here, and I want to just put you in the check unit, and let's see what happens. Well, I love to take a nap, and I thought, oh, good, I can get in there. <laughs> I really, Verato, I really didn't even uh, understand or know what, what it was until about six months in. I was just such a natural. I'd get in there and just just really relax and had no trouble, you know, because they had put this sound system on. And that puts you in different levels of consciousness. And David, one time, David was telling me what it, what you know what it was all about, and I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. So I didn't have that left brain. <laughs> uh, you know, I did. It's good I didn't. I think people that don't go into um, using the hemisync, if you don't have expectations, it's much better. Is it really? Hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. So you Bob were... and I were really a good team. He loved, he loved being a monitor and putting uh, his explorers. I was one of his explorers. And now, what does he, that mean? I know a lot of people say they were explorers. What the heck does well, that mean? It's a term Bob used. Bob mm-hmm. loved to make up terms, and he had what he calls his focus levels that he would set up through his research. And uh, so I... He would have loved L. Ron Hubbard, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, really? <laughs> well, anyway, Bob... Uh, when I met him, I was at the right place at the right time because he was just doing his research and just starting some programs around the country. Did not have, you know, the buildings in place now that he has where people come to him. So anyway, it was um, the early days, and I, through, through his research with me and the others, he got information He got uh, that our guides gave us. Mine... My guidance would take me through all these energy systems and put a, a light bar, you know, in. No, no, I want to sort of stop you here because you yeah. used the term guides. Yeah. Uh, are we talking about uh, entities either disincarnate or did they take on some form like a hologram or something like well, that? Everybody, uh, Verato, everyone who would get into the check unit and do, you know, this, have a session would meet some type of non-entity that was non, you know, what you would call it, it's not, it's not of this earth. I mean, Everyone would it be like a... Dr- different forms. Yeah, a dream uh, state is like a dream state or what? 
I mean, Actually, it is, it's an altered state. You know, we, we're in the beta now, and then uh, the, the tapes would take you into the alpha and maybe even lower into different states. And then, then uh, that's where things would start happening. Mm-hmm. And you really would not be aware of your body. But focus 10 was mind awakened body asleep. And at that level, you had no, you know, no, uh, you just weren't aware of your body. And then you, things started happening. You'd go places. And, and my energy, the guides came as light at first. Some of the guides would come to people with a cape on, maybe not to frighten them. And, and then as they got to know their the person they're working with, they would show themselves. And, and, and you know, the guides came in all different forms. But mine came in light, that sort of uh, light. Uh, and then they became like light beings, first just now, in, in, of light. <clears throat> I, should, uh, I should tell our readers that you, your second book that you wrote a couple of years ago, which is called Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife. Now, uh, <clears throat> during our interview, <clears throat> our little chat yesterday, um, you mentioned Radiant Lady yes. as a, a name of the lady. Now, did you come across her as a guide uh, during your first uh, uh, trips at the Monroe Institute, or did it come later? She really, uh, uh, no, it was, uh, when I was younger, I was about 20 or so, and uh, let's see, no, maybe I was, a little further up, 25. I'd already gone to college. But one night, uh, she appeared in my room. It was dark, and I just, I was tired. I'd been working with young people. That was my job, which was wonderful. But it was late. I got home and, and just went to bed, very tired, and just closed my eyes, started to go down. And all of a sudden, I felt someone was watching me. I opened my eyes, and the room was dark, and here was this incredible form beautiful form of a lady in this blue flowing gown standing there looking at me and you know I didn't know anything about any of this that uh, and I was sort of shocked and I I didn't even sleep much that night because it really took me aback but she came then uh, just hold, hold that thought hold that thought Rosie because I don't want to break it up yes. let's take a commercial break and we get back and you're going to tell us all about the Radiant Lady. My guest today is Rosie McKnight, the author of several very powerful books, the last of them, Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife. My name is Verado, and you're listening to The Enlightening World of Verado Live on 880 The Revolution. And we're back with Rosalind A. McKnight. She's the author of two connected books. One is called Cosmic Journeys, My Out-of-Body Experiences with Robert Monroe, and the other book, the newer one, is called Soul Journeys, my guided tours through the afterlife. And when we left before the break, <clears throat> we were talking about the radiant lady who you said you contacted well before you ever came in touch with Bob Monroe. Oh, absolutely. When you were around 25 or so. So I'm not going to give away your age, but we're talking like 50 oh, years ago. Okay. <laughs> 50 years ago that you met uh, this uh, radiant lady. So tell us yeah. more about her. Well, she came, I found out she came back then when it was time to write this book. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that actually uh, the beings on the other side had written the book and they were going to drop it down to me. And that sounded good. But anyway, that sounded good. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she uh, came back and said that she had just come to check on me just to let me know, you know, that, um, you know, she didn't say anything. And I, all these years, just sort of put her in the back of my mind. Now, this, this is after, this is now during the period of your being with Robert Monroe, oh, correct? Uh, well, no, <clears throat> this, I wrote the second book after, in fact, both books I wrote after Bob. Okay. Took his last out-of-body journey. Gotcha. But she, what happened is she came and said that we, she was going to take me on some very special journeys to show me what it's like before we come into this earth and then uh, how we set. There's a committee, it's kind of a earth life committee that we all have that, uh, before we come in that help us to decide exactly what we're going to choose for this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so she, uh, I met that committee of people and she was like in charge of it. And, uh, 
it, it was really fascinating, and she took me to different um, places in the afterlife. I say she took me, but they would send imprints, life imprints to me, just uh, these images that I, I would get in a state, sitting at my computer, and then these images would come to me, and I would get into them and then begin to have these experiences and and uh, went with her through she you know uh, talked about having a seven levels of uh, dimensions with mm. some levels that she, she sort of took me through actually and I, I met then my guide that had worked with Bob he called him Aso I visited with what, my what did he call him what did he call them ah so. Ah, so. <laughs> because my guide said that he, they didn't want, uh, he didn't want a name, that it didn't want to be pulled down into the earth plane mm-hmm. by people, you know, latching onto him and whatever. But Bob couldn't handle that. He had to have a name. So also uh, he had a little bit of a Chinese or accent when he first came through. And, and, and also Bob was like, ah, so that's it, also. So that, that's uh <laughs> When I met Afo on the other side, he said, oh, there's quite a sense of humor there. And they always got, thought it was, uh, you know, really uh, funny that Bob just called him Afo. And it, he didn't mind. <laughs> but it, I'll tell you what, uh, Verato, it was such an incredible experience while I was writing the book because of all the, ener- the energies of Radiant Lady and the other beings that I met that I just was taken into a higher level of, of, I mean, I felt so good. And people who read the book feel that. I recently just read my book again, so I remember what it was about. And I was so impressed because of the energy. There is energy in the Soul Journeys book that people say really uh, changed their lives and that it's the best book they've ever read because it has a really neat flow to it. And I... I just read it last week, and I couldn't put it down my own book. Would you say that the book, then, is a channeled work? I don't know. You know, I, Bob never liked the term channeled. And mm-hmm. I, I um, don't, well, I'm sitting at my computer, but I go into a state. It's sort of like the hemisync state. You know, I go down into a level, and then I don't even remember I'm there. I'm going... They're sending these uh, sort of uh, imprints from my life to me to get me started, um, and it, it was it. You know, the next thing I know, I just I'm somewhere, uh, you know, in another dimension. It's the same thing. Actually, it's the same thing that happened at the institute. But Bob never liked the term channel. But he oops, should. You know, he had a whole lot of channels. He owned a lot of broadcast stations. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, and you know. Our Earth terms—it's all the same, basically. Yeah, but, but I, I can understand that. Even the the TM, you, you know, transcendental meditation. <clears throat> Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, he told all those people, don't wear any kind of robes or Eastern garb because it takes people away if they think it's Oga Booga. I understand, Bob. <clears throat> you know, no, I, that's I don't. Right. It's just, uh, but so you know, we all have the capacity. Everyone, everyone is out of their body mostly when they sleep and are going into other dimensions, having the same experiences I did. Some people go and study in the other dimensions and fly. Oh, I love my flying dreams. When you fly, you know, you're just flying around in these dimensions. And you actually, when you say you're flying, I mean, like, you actually, like, go up in the air, and if you're, like, in Los Angeles, would you actually see down and you'll see the city of Los Angeles below you? Now, mine are more at the uh, high, I shouldn't say a higher level. Um, of the When I fly, well, when I fly at night, the other night I had this flying dream that was so incredible. I just knew, you know, I'd just fly. And I was wondering why other people didn't realize they can fly too. I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going to fly over on that mountain. And, and But I, usually it's flying in another, the other dimension. And it feels so good when I wake up, I think, Oh my gosh! It seems so natural to be flying, and a lot of people have this, these experiences. And most people won't talk about it because they'll think that people think they're nuts. And, but most people do it. Most people—that's <laughs> what's so huh. funny. 
By the way, if you're listening to Rosie McKnight now, and you've had OBEs or out-of-body experiences, now's the time to share with us. And then we'll tell you whether you're nuts or not. Okay? No, we won't. I promise we won't do that. Our telephone number here in Asheville, North Carolina, <clears throat> which is the home of where all these kind of people hang out, <laughs> is area code 828-252-4348. I want to know if people are listening to my program, if they, they believe this, if they've had these experiences, or they just think it's just a whole lot of nonsense but a bunch of crackpots, including Robert Monroe. Uh-huh. Again, our number here is 252-4348, area code is 828. I want to jump around because there's so much we can cover. It's, it's like half the hour's over already. Oh, it is. Now, you talk about when you're going out there. <clears throat> In traditional religions, we talk about states such as purgatory, which is sort of temporal hell. And we talk about places like limbo. <clears throat> I remember when I interviewed Bob Monroe before his going out there, staying out there, by the way. Um, he talks about places, I guess it's that the, the highest one that you go to, wherever that is. And uh, it's what Christians and, I guess, Muslims would call heaven. So, Rosie McKnight, have you been to heaven? Oh, yes. We want to know what it's like. Uh, well, oh gosh, you have to read my book. <laughs> well, I know. We're going to, by the way, the name of the book again is Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife. But and you for, can get it, they could get it at uh, Amazon.com. You know, bookstores are on Amazon. But the thing that's so incredible about the next dimension, I call it, is that our spirit bodies are uh, can move around from wherever it wants to be. Uh, with thought. Everything is done with thought. Mm -hmm. And the whole, all of, uh, this is basically what's called the summerland, where most people go where there's no, the weather is sort of uh, beautiful like today all the time. It is beautiful here in Asheville too, by the yes, way, folks. It's beautiful. It, it feels like summerland. I mean, it is just it's absolutely beautiful. But our bodies are different. We don't have to eat. Uh, and some people, w when they get over there, they want to still eat, and they can, but we don't have the digestive system or the elimination system. And, you know, nothing, there's no charge for anything. I mean, it's a different world there where we create, every, we do create with our minds. And if we want a, a home, uh, we can uh, build it with our thoughts or someone that's already good at doing that. In fact, I have that in my book about uh, two people I knew who were contractors, and so they've been building these uh, houses on the other side for people when they come in and told me when I get there, that let them know they'll help create. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Heaven, God, construction companies and condominiums in heaven, don't give well, me that. absolutely. Anything, uh, <laughs> well, this is heaven, you know, this is the summer land, and then wow. the dimensions go higher up into the light. You get up this uh, like one through four, fourth dimensions, everything is vibration. And when you get higher into the light dimensions, we couldn't even, we can't even uh, understand it. I mean, a radiant lady, I went up to where she lived in this, I, I mean, they had to raise my vibration to, to get me there. And when I had sessions with Bob uh, a couple times, I had went up to a very high dimension and, they had to raise my vibrations. You know, so, <clears throat> when I interviewed Bob, he had told me uh, that his wife, Nancy, I guess it was her. Yes, Nancy. She, she had passed <clears throat> before he did. But when she he would go out to that place, which I'll call heaven, but he called it, what did he call it, the high LC something? I, uh, let's see, I'm not sure what he called it. But it was one of the high, it was the, you know, way up there, you know. Not yes. the top, top, top thing where you actually become the light, but where you still have these so-called desires. <clears throat> and he had such an overwhelming love and respect and connection with Nancy that when he would come back into his body, he would feel this loneliness. So he told me when I was interviewing him, he said, Verato, you know, I really, I am challenged, shall we say, by going back up there because he says, I feel that the next time I go up, I am not going to come back. Now, he didn't talk too much about the silver or the gold threads, 
But is there like a silver and a gold thread when you go out there? Um, they, they say that that's like connected with us, and a lot of people um, don't see it. <laughs> Maybe some can, but um, I don't remember seeing it. I mean, do you see other folks like coming up from the earth to these other places? Do you see them like in plasma forms or, or anything like that? Uh, well, um, you know, people... Um, I tell you what, I tell you what, hold, 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 hold that thought because we have to take a commercial break. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we, we got our thoughts together, and you're going to tell us about all these people you see and what heaven's like, and why the heck do we want to come back into our mortal bodies? Yeah. Uh, my guest today is Rosie McKnight. She's the author of two fantastic books, Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife, and the earlier one, Cosmic Journeys, My Autobiotic Explorations with Robert A. Monroe. My name is Verato, and you're listening to The Enlightening World of Verato Live on 880 The Revolution. And we're back with author Rosalind A. McKnight talking about her tours through the afterlife. Before the break, Rosie, uh, I asked you, do you see other people coming and going uh, from the earth plane and going up there? And then I want to segue into the thing that you talk about, the Patrick experience. So tell us, do, you know, what are they, are they coming up there? They're just floating up like clouds or what? Well, I don't think it works like that. I haven't. You know, when you appear over there, you suddenly, after you've left your body, you're just, you shift, you know, because your body has died. And Oh, from the other side, they describe that the body just turns gray, <laughs> and they can see the spirit just come out, float out of the body. And then suddenly, you know, the vibrations of our soul, which is different than the spirit, eventually the soul drops off and becomes pure spirit. But all of a sudden, when it's vibrating... Do they look like, I mean, do they look like they looked in the body? Or do they have some... Well, people, when you go over, mm -hmm. if you're older, um, you know, like, uh, I'm, I, well, if you're older, you eventually, uh, your body changes back to, like, 35. That's what I've heard. You know, yeah. with, uh, using your thought process. And, and when children go over, often the children can... Uh, they'll allow them to sort of grow into their um, older, I mean, their bodies, of, you know, their, their soul, soul bodies. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot in my book. When I read it again, I'm like, there's so much information. I was really captivated by reading it again and remembering a lot of uh, what happened. Now, now you, you mentioned, <clears throat> I th maybe it's in the book, I didn't read it. I didn't read the whole book, but I am. I tell you, now I'm going to. Uh, but you have talked about the Patrick experience. First of all, why the name Patrick? And then we're talking about entities that are stuck between worlds. And what are the worlds that are stuck between? And who are we? Tell me about that. It's the, the gray zone is between the earth and the next dimension. Mm -hmm. The lower dimension. Uh, well, I say the lower. Uh, what happened is that... Uh, one, my guy decided they wanted to talk to Bob about entities that are stuck here in this dimension that think they're still alive and they won't go on, which they are still alive, mm. but they haven't gone on uh, to the next dimension. Aren't these ghosts? Yeah, well, that could, you know, that's ghosts, too. What, there's a show on, on Friday nights, mm -hmm. uh, Ghost Whisperers, mm -hmm. and, and it's very accurate. I mean, it's a really good show. I'm sure people listening have, have uh, you know, have, have uh, seen that uh, TV show. But what happens is these people, for some reason or another, are held down into the earth plane. So my guidance talked to Bob in one of our sessions, described to him that there are entities that get locked into the earth plane thinking they're still alive in this plane. And so they brought this um, a, a young man who had died 112 years ago by the name of Patrick, and he thought he's still floating out in the ocean, in the Atlantic Ocean. He was on a ship. Uh, let's see, I think he was from Ireland, Scotland, uh, uh, you know, more Scotland, and his ship blew up. And uh, actually he even talked about, he used the term the kitchen, and people would hear that and think, well, they didn't call them kitchens, you know, they're... they're Galleys, yeah. Yeah. And 
someone heard this tape and uh, once and said, "Oh no, that's what they called the the ships. You know, they called them kitchens back in that time." So that oh, the be, ship was called kitchen. Interesting. Huh? I said interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, at that time period. But whatever. When Bob, uh, the guidance did. They say they take a light beam and bring this energy down through my body so that the energy can talk through me. Mm-hmm. And Bob, this was all new to Bob. In fact, he, was, he really hesitated to let them do this, and, he, and, and they just said, we are ready. And Bob said, well, no, I don't know. And they said, we are ready. You know, they knew what they were doing, but Bob mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, Bob's talking to this person who's saying, help me, help me, oh, please help me. And he said, and who are you? And he said, I'm Patrick, please help me. Where are you? Would you get me out of this water? It's so dark out here. I've been floating in this water overnight. Well, it was 110 years. I mean, there's no time. And and he just, because it happened so quickly, he he just, you know, was holding on to his log. So Bob starts asking him questions. Like, oh, uh, what's your last name? And he and, and he gives his name, and he says, but help me get me out of here. But Bob was so left brain, you know, just wanted to get all the information. He yeah, right, could. right, right. And I, I, I was thinking, uh, I was aware. I wasn't completely out. I was aware of Patrick speaking to me, and it really was quite amazing. Mm-hmm. So Bob finally got to the point where he had to tell him, you have to shock the person into knowing they're dead. You know, they've died. And, and Patrick, he says, you know, you're, li- you're, you're no longer alive in, uh, in this earth. You need to go on. And he says, I am? You mean I, I died? And then the Bob said, yes. And it didn't so bad. So Bob then got to, uh, Patrick. He said, look up and see what you see. And pa- Patrick's parents, his mother at least, and someone else, was there and he starts crying oh. and every time I listen to this I everyone starts crying because he just sobs and cries and he says oh my mother my mother oh and then Bob just said go to the light he mm-hmm. goes to the light and he's gone so they you Bob they use this in sessions at the Institute now I I when I interviewed Bob <clears throat> I got that same going into the light when that happens do we disappear Totally. Well, you know, what happens is that when someone is in this earth plane, they're dead, but they think they're alive. The angels and their guides cannot work with them because they don't recognize them. They don't recognize that they're there. So that's why people on this plane, you know, like Bob and I, we can work with them and get them to the light, which is where the angels and their guides are standing to bring them on over. So uh, they just are taken over then when mm. they, they accept the fact that they've died. So um, Patrick, actually, uh, I was in touch with him later when I took a program at the Institute, and he came to me, real good-looking young man, and he was working with people, bringing them over. He was there to meet them and help them. In fact, he sent a dog by the name of Patrick when I moved into my place at Heavenly Acres here in here on this earth, where I'm living, uh, a dog came just after I moved in. This dog came down my drive, and he was just so dirty. And I put him in the bathtub and washed him up. And he was this incredible dog. Mm. I said, "Oh, I'll call you Patrick," because um, <laughs> I knew of, I have a friend called Patty, and it was her birthday. And uh, then also, I just just called him Patrick found out that the Patrick, the man, the entity on the other side, had sent Patrick to me. Mm. And then now Patrick died suddenly. I had him for three years. This was the most incredible dog. I took him to two Halloween parties with me, and everyone loved him. They wanted him. They said, if you ever want to get rid of that dog, you know, let me know. But Patrick then ran up in front of a car and died real suddenly. And Patrick, he's back with Patrick the energy you know. so animals and and other forms of sentient beings exist in these other dimensions as well huh? absolutely and and uh-huh. patrick the dog is working with patrick the man helping to uh working with the energies that are d- down in what we would call a hellish sort of 
situation where people are need to be enlightened and awakened to the, their life. And so the animals, sometimes it's only through an animal that they could get someone's attention. And Patrick can even shapeshift mm, into the mm. dog of the being that they're working with to mm. help to bring, bring them into uh, the light after they've been over there on the other side for many years. Wow. Probably it would be what we call purgatory. So they have to go through some cleansing, whatever that cleansing yes, is. Yes, that's right. Wow. That's right. They have to, um, uh, you know, uh, the energies, I think the angels, people that work with them, keep sending them these what are called life imprints, you know, mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. visions of their life before and the things that they've done wrong and things they've done right until they're aware they accept that um, there is a light, you know, there is the God essence that is there. And, you know, that's the key, that's the key to my soul journeys is that we have so much guidance. We have angels working with us and guides, and no matter what, they're always there for us. We're speaking with the author of Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife. <clears throat> when we get back after this break, we're going to touch on some sensitive, touch on some sensitive areas. Uh, one of which was the attempted suicide by Rosie, and the other is, and she happens to share something I also have, which is congestive heart failure, how she almost died twice, maybe more than twice, with the suicide. Amazing. My name is Verato, and you're listening to the enlightening world of Verato Live on 880 The Revolution. And we're back with our guest today, Rosalind A. McKnight. She's the author of Soul Journeys, My Guided Tours Through the Afterlife, and her first book, which is Cosmic Journeys, My Out-of-Body Explorations with Robert A. Monroe. About 40 years ago, you attempted to take your own life. Is that correct, Rosie? Yes. It was, well, when I was 18, that might be a little more than 40. Okay. <laughs> but when you were a young girl, and uh, this is when, now you said that when you were around 25, that is when you made connections with Radiant Lady. So yes, what, what, what happened in the suicide thing? Can well, you... what happened, I was quite young and uh, 18, went to Europe on a uh, program with Brethren Volunteer Services, very much like the, uh, what, what the uh, program the government set up, the uh, uh, <laughs> Peace Corps. And I got over there, and I was young, and I got started getting depressed, and I didn't know I was getting depressed. It's just as I was away from home and my life changed. And I got so depressed. I, first, I took some sleeping pills and slept a week. And the people I was with, I was working at the World Council of Churches for the head of the whole program over there. Wow. And they sent me up to Kessel, Germany to be with more young people. Well, that then I got even more depressed. So I just decided there was so much pain when you get depressed. It's a internal pain, I guess it could be a spiritual pain, whatever, that you think if you get rid of the body, it's going to be okay. Well, mm -hmm. it isn't, of course. Mm -hmm. So I took a rope and went down into this little basement bathroom and, and actually was just putting it around my neck. I looked up at the light coming into the basement window, and a voice came out of that light that was so powerful. It just said, don't do it. I mean, and, and it scared me. It frightened me. I mean, I've never had a heard a, a voice like this before. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that whoever, whatever it was, uh, was aware of what I was doing, and I took the rope and went back upstairs. Two days later, I got called back to the United States, and I slept for about, oh, three weeks getting back in, you know, I was back home with my family. I'm from a large family. Mm -hmm. And then one night, in the middle of the night, this light be being came to me, and it just came, and it was so powerful. It's almost like the spirit had gone out of my life when I, you know, when I just, I, I actually got angry at God. I just had asked God to send an angel to take the pain away, and it didn't happen. I said, okay, you've had your chance. You know, I don't even believe in you anymore. Mm. And, and the spirit, something went out of me, but when this light being, this angel, came to me, this spirit came back into me that it was just, so incredible, mm. and it's changed. You know, it just changed my life. I knew I was here for a purpose. And Radiant Lady, they talk about that in, in 
when I go into the other side, and they said that, see, we make choices. We have this, I call it a committee, there's a name for it, that helps us to decide who, what we're going to do in this lifetime, who we're going to be with, everything about it, when we, we have choices as to when we go back over. And they said, it, but suicide is not a choice. Mm-hmm. Usually when you commit suicide, you sort of get locked into uh, that state until the time in which you're supposed to go out. So, but anyway, um, people, there are two people that read my book that said it changed their life. They had thought of suicide, and they will never commit suicide. So the book was worth that. Now, you, got, you had this congestive heart failure thing uh, twice, almost losing your earthly plane. Yes, and you know what? I, that happened, and this is what's weird. That happened twice just before my book came out. Amazing. Right on the, the week that Bob died. It was like St. Patrick's Day. On that week, both times I was in the hospital, and when I, when I, Radiant Lady, they said that that's something I had chosen before I came in to, to get this, to, so that they can show how they I can be healed, which I was the first time I was so close to death. Hey, Radiant Lady, if you're out there, come visit me because I got congestive heart failure too. There well, you. Well, you don't have it now. I'm not the second, but I have it. I mean, my my lungs are not filling up now. I don't want to get into that. Well, anyway, uh, uh, I got completely healed. And yeah, get going right now. Well, Rosie, we got about a minute left. Give us any closing comments. What can people expect when they die or whatever? Well, you know, the bottom line is live fully. We don't die. We're alive now. Become uh, Wake up and, and just live and smell the roses, so to speak. I mean, it's so important to just live fully here. Because that life is life, and uh, you know, enjoy everything around us. You know, enjoy each other. Life is about people, mm. and you know, quickly we can just be taken out. And it's just real important. To, love is the essence. To love uh, every, uh, everything around you. I don't even like to kill little ticks and things. Which, <laughs> I mean, I I just believe in the essence of life. I have snakes and. All kinds of things around me. And here. 40 cats, by the way. Uh, yes, well, 40 cats. I rescue animals, and uh, they're, they're so absolutely wow. wonderful. You are a delight to speak to, Rosie McKnight. You really are. Oh, well, uh, thank you. You are, too. So thank you so, so much for sharing this valuable information with us today. Yes, and if people want to choose, they need to start with soul journeys. There you go. Soul Journeys, my yes, guided tours for the afterlife. And, and then, uh, they, then they can go to the other. The, the first one's more a little more technical. But the second one, people say they flow right through it. I mean, it's like, and it is easy to read. People say that it's the best book they've ever read, things like that. Again, thank you so, so much, Rosie. You're welcome. Okay, I'm going to close the show out with a song from Blackmore's Night called Under a Violet Moon. Thank you for listening. This is Marcus Leader, and you have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on the Jackalope Radio Network. Tudor Rose